Manny, you're the first person to have been a second guest on this podcast. Did you know that? Uh, no. So I feel special. Well, there yeah. you go. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. Welcoming uh, Manny to this episode of In Good Company with Dan Jones, uh, brought to you by Impact. And so welcome back to Manny. How are you doing? How are you, how are you coping with um, things? I'm doing good overall, considering <laughs> everything. I'm doing good. It's definitely been, you know, our business We've it's accelerated all our work in virtual and digital. I'm one of those individuals that have been doing that for a bit. So I've been quite quite busy, a lot of long days these last couple months. Um, but it's yeah. worth it because I think, you know, it's it's worth it for the organizations we're working for. And it's it's worth it, I think, for our organization as well. And one of the things you talked about in the last podcast episode um, was, you know, you talked a lot about getting the right amount of sleep, mm-hmm. getting the right amount of outside time. Have you been able to, to do all that in these last few weeks? If I'm being honest, no. Uh, it's been really tough. It's been a combination <laughs> of, and I've been feeling it. All the things I said that and I've learned about myself, and if I don't do those things, <laughs> it impacts me. It's happened, you know. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I, I truly started feeling anxious. I've never felt like the, the physiological, you know, manifestations of it, as in tightness of the chest, um, yeah. you know, not being able to like, you know, uh, get, get my brain to turn off in the evening. And that's always kind of happened, but not to the extent that it's happened maybe in the last, you know, honestly, since you and I, I think last connected, yeah. um, but it, but it's been a good, A, it's reminded me I'm human. B, it's, it's forced me just like I encouraged others to really, you know, pause, you know, it, for me, it was the weekends and it was talking to some other friends that I have outside of impact that, and even inside impact that really focus on well-being, and just help me remember mm. little things like, you know, you know, really disconnecting. Like I, I there's a couple of Saturdays where I turned off my phone and just kept it off all day. You know, I just, yeah. <laughs> that caused other issues like family trying to contact me and things, but uh, it yeah. was healthy. <laughs> I <you> yeah, right? <laughs> and, and I've slowly made progress toward, you know, recommitting to how I manage my time and energy um, but it's been it's been a true test. I failed a little bit, but I think you and I are big believers in you. You sometimes need to fail. Sometimes failure is the is the place where you learn the most or more about yourself. I just think you know it's those times where you recognize sometimes where you maybe not doing so well, and you just need to do that little thing about it. And it you know might be that just needs to go out for a walk once a day a bit more or something exactly. like that. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, and who knows, might be after finish this that you might might look at that and go, right, tomorrow. Yeah, well, I got a, I got a short <laughs> walk in this morning and actually I, I'm, I'm planning on uh, meeting a, a friend for a coffee and it's right at the cafe, it's right next to the park. So we just get to stroll around social distance from other folks and yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been up and down, hasn't it, for the past few yeah. weeks. It's just... It's it. You, you have moments where you're like really inspired. You've got loads of these great ideas. You're like, oh, we should do this, that, and the other. And then a couple of days can pass, and then you know you're back to just going, Ugh, yeah. I'm exhausted, or yeah, have zero motivation. So yeah, proper roller coaster. Really interesting yeah. time. And I would say it, it's probably a reflection of of when you know pre COVID. It's just been everything's been amplified. Your lows are lower. Your highs are higher. At least for me personally, mm. uh, is what I feel mm. like. It's just been amplified yeah, yeah. is kind of the best word I could use to describe. What it's been like for me, at least, as an individual. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's fair, and I think we've seen that across the mm-hmm. board. So um, today we're going to be talking about uh, organizational transformation, or but first, I guess 
that's a term that I, because I'm a bit confused. I've seen organisational transformation. I've seen organisational change. I've seen change management. All these kind of terminologies. Give us a bit of a background. Give us a bit of a detail of what these, what it actually all means. So, yeah, there's, there's so much I could say. I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible. When I think of organizational transformation, at the end, to simplify it, you got to think about what makes up an organization and it's people. And so when, when something is transformational for you as an individual, it literally means it changes the way you see something. It changes the way you feel about something. And the best personal example I have where when I first got introduced to these different ideas is, um, it's a bit of a personal story if you don't mind me sharing. My, my younger brother is gay and and he, you know, when 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 we got into it, you know, he came, he was one of the first people he came out to. We, we were able to talk about it really comfortably and that was a big relief for him because that was one of his worries. But for me personally was, um, I, I had asked him this, in retrospect, really dumb question. I said, hey, bro, when, when did you know, you know, you when, when did you decide, actually, is the word I use, you like men. And, it, and, you know, he's actually quite smart and clever. He's like, well, and then he just turned around and said, well, when did you decide, you know, you like women? And I was like, no, I didn't decide. It's just what I liked. You know, it's just it just happened. And he's like, it's exactly the way it was for me. And again, it, it just transformed in that instant. It transformed the way I viewed, you know, um, not just sexuality, but like attraction, right? And how, how that happens. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've noticed how that lens, it just wasn't around sexual orientation, it was around everything, right? It, it's it's mm-hmm. helped me stop assuming that it, certain things were decisions. Maybe it's just people felt that way, it was intuitive. Um, and I can't judge that intuition, just like I don't judge, I expect people not to judge my intuition, like it's a preference. And then later in life, obviously, as I got into this line of work, it just helped me really quickly understand things like, you know, when you look at instruments like DISC, Myers-Briggs, or really any psychometric, it's just helped me understand preferences and oftentimes those are that's just almost an intuitive lens that you see the world through so that moment helped me transform the way i see something so if we think about it in those simple terms you know an organization or just people and you're able to help people transform the way they view something the way they look at something even down to their own self-efficacy like as in we're part of a company and our ceo is saying that you know you know in five years we're we're going to become this if your people don't believe that, then it's not going to happen. You're not going to have a transformation. You might have changes in structures, processes, who you report to, things like that. And to me, that's the big difference. A, a change is focused on looking at the past, comparing it to the present, and just kind of planning what does the future look like? How do we need to change to get there? A transformation is, is, is you know, when you can get to the individual people and ask, like, has it has is the way you look at our business, the way you look at our future, different than you know? It's down to the feeling, to the emotions, to the even down to the values. That's when you've done a transformation. Well, it's funny as you've been sort of talking there, I've kind of been thinking change almost sounds like a negative word, and transformation sounds like this positive future thinking word. So it's even the two words themselves. So it it's almost like oh, maybe to phrase it better would be to say transformation sounds like uh, proactive and change sounds almost reactive. I don't know if that's right or not, but it, it's certainly like- Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word, uh, yeah, that, 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 I'm aligned with that. And I think if I were to give you a couple 
trigger words that really help. To me, transformation is really redefining something, right? You're literally looking at it, seeing it differently. Uh, that's transformation. And to me, change is more, um, it's like, it's, it's assessing and comparing and then trying to, and determining. So instead of just redefining, it's, it's oftentimes more incremental. You know, then there's other words like, you know, when it comes to innovation, we use words like there's incremental innovation and there's um, but disruptive. That's that that's that word we love, especially in technology. Ooh, it disrupt the market. It's disruptive innovation. And, and when you when you unpack innovation, really what's happening is people are transforming the way they see things. That's how they're they're, they're, they're putting two things together in a new way. And now we are like, ooh, I never thought of it that way. Right. Those are kind of hints. Within transformation, a lot of changes happen. Sure. And I think that's, I, I, I'm not a fan of, of trying to always compartmentalize things, you know, that they interact within each other. And, and probably sometimes we, we, we try too hard to define the difference between change and transformation. There, think about like a Venn diagram, right? You know, if you were to put two of those circles, one saying change, one saying transformation, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. But again, if, if I hope one takeaway is, change organizational change specifically is really focusing on looking at the past looking at the present and kind of comparing the two and say like right what, what do we want our future to be how do we get there it's more of an assessing process more of a determining process where transformation is this is this ambition to redefine things right, right. and it doesn't always start in organizations at the top it's oftentimes things happening with the folks closest to the work right closest to the to what the end product or the end service you're trying to um, provide to the market. So what are we seeing at the moment then, or what have you been seeing in the market, uh, uh, in the world out there over the past few months with these lenses in mind, with the uh, with you know transformation and change in mind? Yeah, so I would say there's been a lot of organizational change happening because like you said, it's been very reactive to the current, you know, to, to the pandemic in a sense. And then the pandemic itself creates other challenges or differences but you are also seeing businesses transform uh a good example you know JetBlue is always used as a case study in terms of you know they they, they were the one of the first organizations to allow they took their whole um customer service department and had them start working fr from mm -hmm. home basically not because of a pandemic just because they felt you know that, that people were asking for it they felt yeah there's no need to I'll keep them in one room together if they're just gonna be a, you know helping people if that, as long as they have the right technology in their home they just do it from the comfort of their home um, and they made it happen so and then from for, from you know for the leaders point of view it transformed the way they looked at efficiency and how to re really make people happy right because oftentimes they discovered that it really wasn't is less of a salary thing. Like people in our happier just working from home, and now they're they're more dedicated to the business because they got that big win, right? They felt like they're really listened to, and they were able to do something that provided a lot more flexibility in their life. Now we've all of a sudden created an environment where everybody has to think that way, and a lot of us had to start working from home. Um, and for most businesses, it just they just they were forced, like you said, it was a reaction, yeah. and they had to change the way they had to do business. Uh, but some you're also seeing because of that. Uh, some organizations are now transforming that they're, they're redefining, you know, the way they, they do business and the way uh, and even who their target audience is, um, how they're engaging in the market, maybe even redefining their business as a whole, uh, as an example. And so so one impacts the other. But I think what I'm seeing more of, if I'm being totally honest and candid, is organizational change, temporary 
you know, this mindset, at least in the beginning here in the US, that's starting to change is, oh, we just need to change for now, but we can, this idea of go we back, can go to back. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Yeah, and it's interesting because the, the I guess the people that don't embrace that change and therefore the they're less likely to be sustainable, right? They're not going to be around for as long than if they are, especially at the moment, you know, with the effects of, of the pandemic, any business that doesn't embrace that change or transformation is just going to fail. Right. Um, you have to, you've got to have that agility to be able to go. I mean, even when you look at, uh, you know, the hospitality industry, where you look at things like you go to a cafe or, or cafes in, mm-hmm. in town, for example, uh, coffee shops in town, they can't have people sitting in. So what do they do? They take it, they do a takeaway menu. Restaurants as well. We've got, you know, restaurants are, are doing takeaway type stuff. They're adapting, they're changing their business to be able to stay afloat. <laughs> um, and I guess if you yep. are, are almost opposed to to those sorts of changes, then yeah, it's going to be a big struggle. And no, that, that, you just reminded me of a good example of a, of a couple well-known startups here in the US where, you know, they wanted to be, a, um, I don't know if they call themselves a restaurant, but the, the focus of their business is let's not try to create all these great looking locations where people go to, let's flip it. We're, you know, it's almost like a catering type model. Um, but the difference is they want to, they wanted to create spaces in your own work where the food got delivered to you through an app and all, and, you know, all very quick, easy and clever, but help you create conditions where you feel at work, you could sit with some friends, get your food and, you know, use your, 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 your closer environment to kind of create that, that lunch break atmosphere. Um, and so you can imagine their business, you know, escalated, you know, as Appendix was hitting because they already had everything, the infrastructure for that to scale that that approach of like, let's assume everybody is somewhere else and it's all about getting the food to them as opposed to them coming to you for the food. Um, so to, for them, they've already redefined how they view, you know, feeding people in a sense, right? And the spaces for folks to eat. So that's a, a good example um, that just came to mind. And you also mentioned you you threw out this word uh, agility, and oftentimes that's again that's redefining. We look at the way we even just do business, the way we work. Are we set up so we can easily flex, uh, despite what the market is doing, despite the kind of you know economy we're in? And obviously, at a certain point, you know it's going to impact all businesses potentially in a negative way if things continue to go downhill. But um, it, 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 and you're kind of leading me to uh, think about. You know, the work that we do. So oftentimes we come in and I mentioned how, you know, oftentimes transformation is really about the people. And and if you don't transform the way the people look at, again, help them redefine the way they see and feel about certain things, then it's not going to happen. I'm just thinking about, you know, our work and how we we've gone in there because that's our bread and butter, right? Working with people leaders, helping them redefine the way they see things and then helping them better understand what are the skills they need to help create conditions with their own teams to help the people you know see things differently kind of redefine uh the way they look at the their work the future of the organization and things and like so that. what have what have impact done in this space then what have we done either not it not necessarily over the over the lockdown period but anytime before that what have we been doing in this space and what i want to clarify is that one thing we don't do you know we're not one of those consulting firms that we just create this really clever change management process i think change management you you, you alluded to that term earlier is part of it it's the process it's it's the it's the structure you create 
to oftentimes just kind of assess whether or not the the transformation is occurring uh, along the way, what what needs to change within the process to make that change or transformation a bit more successful. Um, but so the work we do, I would say we focus more on transformation, right? That focused on the people and helping them redefine the way they look at things. And so a couple of good examples I have here in the US, one of our clients, Global, uh, they mostly manufacture specialized equipment, uh, mostly vehicles um, for, for companies and, and governments around the world. So a good example is the vehicles that, you know, prop the electrician up all the way to fix the power lines. These are all very specialized vehicles. Um, they're kind of the number one around the globe, making all these specialized vehicles, both land and for water. And years ago, they decided, uh, a new CEO came in and said, you know, one thing that I've really noticed makes a difference is this idea of leaders viewing people first. Like it's not profit first, it's not results first, it's people first, this mindset. And his challenge was, how do I help other leaders re redefine the way they see their role as leaders, as people leaders? They're, meaning, I, you know, he, he, he was kind of testing this idea of if other leaders viewed them, their role as, you know, their focus as people first, this kind of having this people first culture, mm. then, you know, he assumed great success. And we went in there, we, we, we heard them out. We, you know, it was aligned with our values. Absolutely. And we did what we do best. We created an experience in which leaders learned about themselves intrinsically you know, uh, saw the value of this people first culture, this people first approach to leadership. And it, it because of them practicing that, months later when we got to reconnect, because it was a three module experience. So we, as a facilitation team, we reconnected with them three different times. We literally got to hear their language transform, right? And you would hear them say, share stories like that. They, It's changed the way they see leadership. It's changed the way they see their role is just as a person, not just as a leader in the business, but as a as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a community member, right? This emphasis on people first. And it had this profound impact that has lasted. I actually got recently to reconnect with them just about a, a someone, one of my participants that I, that uh, one of the groups I worked with. Um, and it's obvious that, that that approach has served them in making some really tough decisions um, and, and, and shifting resources around um, and th again, using that focus on people first as they make those decisions, and and the bit the people in the business still feeling really connected to the organization, and even understanding when the organizations had to make some tough decisions in the recent past, um, which is quite different. You don't always get that uh, from the people in most organizations. That's one example um, that I can think of. Have they seen particular results from that? Then do you think that, like the 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 participant that you mentioned? what's different for them? So what was life like before, for example? Yeah, so uh, for the leaders, they just feel better about their work, mm. right? They just feel like they're leading in a more humane way. They, they, they feel more authentic in their approach to leadership. So that's one, and I, and, and I, and I think we, we overlook that too often, that it just, they just feel better as a leader. They feel really good, they feel like they're doing good uh, as a leader, right? Because their emphasis on, is on people, and again, people first. Uh, but yeah, you know, if we were if we were just kind of tough and looking at the metrics, engagement went up. Um, they e even leading into this, they've had we started working with them two years ago. Um, you know, revenue is up. The the rate of people leaving the business is down. Sure. Um, and, and that's just across the board. 
So we began with what you would consider, you know, the layer of leaders before the senior directors and executives, you know, and every organization is a bit different. And then from there, it, you know, they, they then are responsible to create conditions and environments, and some of them even create trainings to help some of the people leaders below them. So it's been quite powerful because they've really taken it on their own and, and rolled with it. And we're just now stay connected as a, as a, you know, as a, as a partner if they ever feel they need additional support. But those are some of the, the outcomes that we've seen thus far. Well, brilliant. Thank you, Manny. I think it's worth recognizing that change and transformation uh, within an organization is almost way too big a topic to cover in 20 minutes. So yeah, yeah, it would be really good to revisit this with you at a later date. So Manny, just before we close, um, if there's if there's one thing that the listener of this episode uh, can take away, take back, take back to their business, what would it be? For me, it's it's this idea that change and transformation is, is it, it's you're let you'll be less successful if it's something you're trying to do to somebody, and a lot more successful if you whether you're a person or an organization, you'd be more successful if you create the conditions, the environment where someone can, can, you know, can learn something new about themselves through the process of that experience, right? Allowing them to transform they, with the, the way they might see something, feel about something. And from that point forward, they'll always see it differently, right? It'll just be part of their lens has now augmented. Their, their point of view, their, their perspective has expanded. And it'll forever be that way. And, you know, and I'll go back to my conversation with my brother. You know, it's just, it was a conversation, but it's something he had asked me transformed the way I now viewed something else. That's how we define that impact as growth, right? Human development in a sense. So again, I hope a walk away, it's think less about how do I do change to somebody? How do I do change, to, you know, do transformations to somebody or a team or a whole organization? And more of how do I create the conditions and environment and that's our expertise. We have come in there and we design experiences. We don't design training. We don't design programs. We design experiences. And we use the, the craft of facilitation to pull the learning out, to help people see, recognize how they might be looking at things differently or what's the advantage of them. Oh, that thing you just did differently. Why was that so helpful? How's that useful maybe when you lead people? Blah, blah, blah. Right? Don't want to go into details. <laughs> but I hope that's, that's, a, that's a takeaway. It certainly is. Manny, thank you very much. That's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, and uh, yeah, if uh, if you want to hear more, then please go and check out our other podcast episodes. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website, inter impactinternational.com. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube as well. So go and check out our YouTube channel for, for more videos. So until the next time, Manny, uh, thank you very, very much. Wow, you say next time, like there might, I might be the first to join for the third time. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? I think that'd be good. It'd be. Oh, I'd have you back anytime, Manny. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. All right. All right, and uh, yeah. Until the next time, take care.